welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Amen. Amen. How are y'all doing this morning? Amen. I'm excited for today. Uh, today we get to talk about community. So it seems that somewhere between the ages of two and three, from my experience, I have a two-year-old and I have a five-year-old. Uh, and also, at one point in time, I was a two-year-old and I was a five-year-old. I don't remember those days that much. But somewhere around there, we start wanting to become independent, right? Is it, can anybody agree that, that you start wanting to become independent? I know with my son and daughter both, they, they want to be able to do things themselves. They, they start talking and they start saying this, this phrase, I do it. I, I do it. Let me do it. I do it. And, and it's, like, it's like one of the most common things that we hear in our household is, I do it. I do it. No, I do it. I do it by myself. And it's, it's, it's during infancy where we're completely okay, completely being dependent on our parents. You know, because obviously when we're infants, we, we, whenever we need something, we just cry and say, hey, I need your help. I need, I need to be changed. I need to be fed. Or I need to be put to sleep. One of those things. And, and, but as we grow up, we begin to strive to become independent. We, we go from, from daddy, I do it, to I can't wait until I can get a job and then I can do what I want. Or I, I can't wait until, until I can get a car, then I can do what I want. I can't wait until I move out and then I can do what I want, right? And if we're not careful, it even, it even steps over into adulthood and said, and we say, I, I'm going to get a divorce so I can do what I want. Culture and our human nature has led us to believe that being independent is the goal. But I don't believe that that's how God intended us to live because that's not how Jesus lived. We start as babies and, ch and children in dependency, and as we grow up, we, we do take on responsibilities. We, we start to learn how to become independent. And don't get me wrong, we should, strive to, we should strive for independence in the way of we should strive to where we, could, we can get a job, to where we can support ourselves, to where mom and dad doesn't have to be the ones to wake us up in the morning. Mom and dad doesn't have to be the one to pay our bills. They don't have to be the one to feed us. To where, where we do have a, a little bit of independence, but independence is not the end goal. It's not the end goal. It's, I believe that the goal is interdependence. When we learn that the gifts that we have, they work far better when we collaborate with someone beside us, when we collaborate with others. And I love watching uh, animal documentaries. You, know, you guys know like Discovery Channel or, or BBC or I don't know where, you, where they come on TV. I just stream them now. But the animal documentaries, because I'm fascinated to see how God designed the universe to work together. It's, it's amazing. Like I watch something and, and science, they come like, oh, we found out this brand new thing about, about this and how this, and if all this happened, it all works together. I'm like, man, I, I, I've been knowing that because I know that God is good. And God, didn't do, God doesn't do things on accident. He does things intentionally. The biggest things down to the smallest things, he's done on purpose. You take one thing away, and other things begin to break down. And I believe that that's a principle that God has built in us. 
We're designed to be interdependent. We're designed for community. Let's pray, and then we'll get into his word. Father, I thank you for, for this community. I thank you for the opportunity we have to come together and read your word. God, we ask that you speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us and show us, reveal the truth in your word and how we can apply it to our lives this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, we're going to read. And this is, this is shortly, after, shortly after Peter gave his message and, and, and the Holy Spirit had come and fallen on, on the followers, on the disciples there in the upper room. And, then, and Peter gives this message and it says that 3,000 were added to their number that day. And this is after that. You can imagine that there's probably an excitement. There's probably a lot happening. There's probably a lot of discipleship happening. Right? And so we pick up in Acts chapter 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Can someone say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Amen. My first point that we have is we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional. Just like our creator was intentional when he created the world, we have to be intentional to have community because community doesn't happen on accident. It's really easy to blame others for the community that we don't have. Can I, do I have a witness, right? I I, I have been there. There's times that I, I think about some of my friends, some of my family members, and, and, and I tell myself, I guess we're not as close as we thought because they haven't called me. I, I, guess, I, I, guess, I guess we're not as close as they, as they thought because they, they forgot today was my birthday. You know, we, we, it's real, right? No, I need to be the one to pick up the phone and call my friends. When I'm thinking about them and I'm thinking about, man, we hadn't talked in a while. I, that should be a cue. Let me call and check on them. Let me call and catch up. Let me call and see how they're doing. Let me call and see what God is doing in their life. But instead we be like, oh, they they should call me. They 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 should call me, they should text me. When we need to be the ones to be intentional. We need to be intentional if we want to experience true Christian community. And we need to stop blaming everyone else or the community that we don't have. Here in Acts chapter 2, we see that they were intentionally spending time together. They knew exactly what they were doing when they came together. It wasn't just to hang out and sip some tea. You guys know what sipping tea means? It doesn't actually mean sipping tea now. Sipping tea means you're, you're talking about your gossiping, talking about what's going on, all these things, right? Sipping the tea. You know, it, it, it wasn't for any of that. 
They came together for an intentional purpose. It listed out in Scripture. They said, we're going to come together and we're going we're to be devoted to the apostles' teaching. We are going to fellowship. We're going to have fun together. We're going to eat some food. We're going to take communion. We're going to be devoted to prayer. They got together at what it was to have authentic Christian community. They knew why. They knew exactly why they were getting together. And it's easy. It, I feel like it might have been easy for them because they just had 3,000 people decide to give their lives and become a follower of Christ. And so they have 3,000 people be like, hey, what just happened in the last three years? Like, huh? I'm glad you asked. Come together. Let's, have some, let's, let's get the barbecue going and let's talk about what Jesus did. They knew why they were getting together. My question for you is, is what is your why? What is your why? Why are you inviting people into your house? Why are you having, why are you having dinners with your family? What is your why? Why should we have community? For them, it wasn't just to have church services. It wasn't just to pass time. It wasn't just to be entertained. It was for the purpose that Jesus gave them in Matthew chapter 28 to go and make disciples. They knew that that was what their goal was. It was to build genuine relationships together so that they could encourage, so they could strengthen, so they could, could sharpen one another. They were getting together, and, and for the apostles, all they knew, all they knew was just to teach others what Jesus had taught them. And to share about what they saw Jesus do. It was brand new for the apostles. They didn't have time to, to put their, their own thoughts and their own opinions and mix it all in there. They said, all, all we know is what Jesus taught us. And so we're going to do that. How Jesus lived his life, that's what we're going to do. I feel like Jesus taught them, he, he taught them how to recline at the table. I, I read a lot of time in the Gospels where it says that Jesus was reclining at the table. I think Jesus taught them how to relax. Jesus taught them how to rest. Jesus taught, Jesus taught them how to pray. Jesus taught them how to take communion. Some of us want to see God move, and we're wondering why he hasn't moved yet. And I think part of it could be that we don't get together enough and talk about what he's already done. I think it's time for us to get some people together and just talk about what we've seen Jesus do and then see what happens. Invite some people over to your house and, and just talk about what he's done and, and, and watch, watch something get stirred up in your conversation. Get some people together and tell them that I sought the Lord and he heard me. Get some people together and tell them I sought the Lord and he answered me. Get some people and tell them, I sought the Lord, and he came through. He touched and he healed my, my, my child. I sought the Lord, and he met my financial need. I sought the Lord, and he came through. I sought the Lord, and he was there. That's why I trust him. You can trust him, too. What would happen if we got together and we started having conversations like that instead of conversations like, oh, man, did you see Deion Sanders in, in the Colorado? They almost lost. 
That's our go-to conversation, and those conversations aren't bad. But at some point in time, if you want to have authentic Christian community, you have to talk about more than that. Let me tell you what God did for me last week. And then when we start talking about what God did, then we get to see what God does. Is that good grammar? I don't know. I'm from Virginia. Forgive me. Jesus showed them how to have fellowship. He showed them how to pray. He showed them how to have, how, how to have community. So they just tried to be like Jesus. Not just so they could have church, but it's so they could be the church. And the church's job is to meet the needs of the poor and the orphan. The church's job is to make disciples, teaching them to obey and follow Jesus' example. So why are we getting together? Why do we need community? My next question is, who are we bringing with us? In verse 47, it reads that every day the Lord added to their number those that were being saved. I struggle to see that how that was happening if they only allowed saved people to be in their Christian com in their community. If they if they only hung out with other church folk. I struggle to see how 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 every day people were getting saved if they only had community with believers. It doesn't make sense. It's really easy to want to have Christian community, but then we look around and we only have Christians in our community. And look, I'm not trying to bash it. I know it's, it's a struggle. You have to be intentional. Because that's not what we're called to do. That's not what we're about here at Passion. We need to be opening the door of our community. We need to be opening the doors of our homes to those who aren't saved. Jesus didn't just invite, invite the Christians to hang out with him. In fact, Jesus didn't even just invite the unsaved to his community. He brought his community to them. Jesus would, ha would have dinner. He would, he, he would be like, oh, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. No, I'm not just going to invite you to be here. I'm actually going to go to your house. It's like, oh, there's a bunch of tax collectors and sinners. They're over there eating some burgers. Hey, y'all eat y'all's fish over here. I'm going to go get me some steak. Jesus took community to them. Oh, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, good. It should. I don't know what to say to them. Why don't you start off? Do you like cheese on your hamburger? <laughs> hey, do you like cheese on your burger? Or, or maybe if you're grilling in your backyard and, and you see your neighbor out, you just go over to the fence like on, on the, what's that show with, with Tim Allen? Home Improvement. Just go over to the fence and be like, hey, friend, I made too many burgers. I did it again. Do you want one? Take community to them. And then ask them to share their story. Find out where they are. Find out if they have a need that you can meet. It's crazy that when we show people that we want to help them practically, then the Lord opens the door for us to help them spiritually. 
It's really important in verse 7 to read. It says that the Lord added to their number. It wasn't anything special about the apostles. It wasn't anything special about the followers of Christ. But I think it's because the Lord saw that they had healthy community. He said, you know what? I'm going to open the door for, sa- for lost people to be saved. I'm going to open the door for community. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to open up this gate for them to have Christian community. None of this happens if we aren't intentionally choosing to have community. The second point that I have is, number one, we have to be intentional. Number two, we have to be honest. It's impossible to have genuine community if we're fake. There are people that God has placed in our community to help us and encourage us, but they can't because we're not being vulnerable and authentic with them. There's people that God has in your life right now that he's called to help you with your current situation, but you won't tell them that you have a current situation so they can't help you. I've learned and, I've, and I'm still learning how much I'm blessed to be married to my wife. I, I am blessed more than I, I will ever know till the time Jesus comes and takes me. But sometimes I try to put up a front like I'm doing better than I actually am. And then when that happens, our community starts to fracture. Our community starts to break. Our, con- our conversations start, start, start getting a little bit more surface level. Because I don't want her to know what I'm dealing with. And she starts to notice. We end up, we, we start to get on our nerves. She, she starts to get on my nerves a little bit more. Am I the only one that's been there? Until I, until I really tell her what's going on. Until I really tell her what I'm dealing with. Until I really tell her what, 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 what I'm struggling with. What's, what, what's bothered me. Until I really am authentic and real and honest with her. Our community is fractured. If we're fake all the time, we can't establish the community that we need. We all need to have people in our lives who can hold all things in one accord. It talks about that in, that, in, in, in Acts chapter 2 where we read. It said they, ha- they held all things together in common. And it's not just talking about their physical needs. I think if somebody woke up and they had a struggle, they told them about that struggle. If somebody, if somebody was tempted that day, they went and they found their, their bestie, a.k.a. accountability partner. And, and this is someone that, isn't, that doesn't just tell you what you want to hear when you want to hear it, but it's someone that, that will tell you the truth. It's someone that will bear with you in all things, in good times and bad times. It's someone that will, that will be there for you in your roughest moments and celebrate with you in your victories. We need to have someone like that that we can call, someone like that that we can invite to our house and say, hey, I'm struggling. And then, they, and then they, they come and they take the burden with you. And they begin to hold all things in common with you and say, let me pray with you. Let me sit with you. 
What's mine is yours. If you're struggling to have peace right now, let me give you some of my peace. If you're struggling in your finances right now, let me help you out. Oh, you need someone to mow your lawn because you're hurt? Let me call you someone. (laughs) We need to be there. We need to let people be there for the emotional needs, for our spiritual needs. And when we start doing things like that, when we gather together, when we, we, we start to become the church that Jesus called us to be. When we're healthy, I believe the Lord will start sending more and more people who are lost. Remember last week, Pastor John talked about when, when, when lost people come and our goal is for the lost for the, for the lost to be saved, the saved to be freed, the freed to be restored, and the restored to be fulfilled. That can't happen if they're coming into a community that's unhealthy. That can't happen if they're coming into a community that is dishonest. The lost may be saved. They might even be set freed. But if we aren't honest, if we are fractured, how can, we, how can we help someone be restored when we need? How can someone share with us their deepest and darkest things that have them bound if we aren't even open, not, let alone to share ours, but to even listen? We have to be honest. And the last thing I have is we have to be consistent. In verse 46, it reads, Every day they devoted to meeting together in the temple and they broke bread from house to house. Every day. I'm not saying that you have to have someone in your home every day. I'm not saying... Uh, that, that you shouldn't. But there needs to be extreme consistency in our community. Because I believe isolation is becoming more and more prevalent in the body of Christ. In our world, yes, just look at the suicide rates. Look at, look at how many people are becoming addicted to substances. Look at the amount of, of marriages that are, that are breaking and falling apart. It's because we all are striving to be independent and to handle things on our own. And then when we realize that we can't handle it on our own, we still try to handle it on our own. We try to cope. When God has called us to not handle it on our own. I want to be independent. I don't want a pastor telling me what to do. I don't want some small group all up in my business. 
I don't want somebody asking me how I'm doing every day. I'm going to just leave this church. And then I can do what I want. We get out of the habit of having consistent community. And this has to be more than just Sundays. Because Sunday alone won't cut it. Sunday alone isn't enough. When I was in college, I didn't take advantage of the consistent community the way that I should have. I was with people. I had roommates. I was at a Christian college. We had chapel twice a week. I had, I had church on Sundays, chapel on Tuesday, church on Wednesday, chapel on Thursday. I had consistent community, but I wasn't intentional. And so I was, at, I was in my dorm room struggling and not being honest. When I could have had intentional community and seen God moving more and more in my life than what he actually was, than what, than what he was. If we don't do it intentionally and develop a, that community, then I believe that we're in danger of becoming surrounded by the voice and the schemes of the enemy. One bad moment that hurts you at work, follows you home. And because you're, you don't have, you're not used to having consistent community, you'd be like, oh, it's just, it's just work. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll talk with someone about it later. I, I, I'll, I'll, call, I'll call someone later. On Sunday, on Sunday, I'll talk about someone, and this could be Tuesday. But we had this one bad moment at work, and it follows us home. And then that one bad moment turns into a bad day. And that one bad day turns into a bad night, and you're up, you can't sleep. And then that bad night turns into a bad week. That bad week turns into a bad month. That bad month turns into, you see, what I, you see where I'm going. It grows and it grows. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves isolated and the only voice that we can hear because we've pushed our community out is the voice of the enemy saying, nobody cares about you. And I believe that there are some people in here this morning, there's some people listening, and, and you may be in that place where you haven't had consistent community, and maybe you're in a place of isolation, and you feel like the only voice that you hear is the enemy saying that nobody cares about you. Nobody's checking up on you. You may feel like you're all alone, and I'm here to tell you today that God has community for you. And he's declared in his word in the beginning that it's not good for man to be alone. And so I want to pray over you right now. Right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here, you can say, you know what, I'm struggling to have... It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, 
You can't live without passion. 